0: If you read the title of the message today, it's on the seventh day he re- or he laughed. Today's Holy Humor Sunday. Um, and they chose me because I'm the new guy. <laughs> As an architect, I always was wondering how parts of the churches got named, how they named a pulpit, how they named a lecturing, how they need the benches you guys were seating in, or sitting in, and the fact of the matter is someone hid Easter eggs on the seats a few months ago, or with Easter, and, and you got the punchline already, <laughs> and all of a sudden when they walked into the church on Sunday morning, everyone said, pew. And that's how you got it. But let's begin with the uh, second scripture reading. It's from John 2 verses 1 through 10. On the third day a wedding took place at Cana in Galilee. Jesus' mother was there and Jesus and his disciples also had been invited to the wedding. When the wine was gone, Jesus' mother said to him, they have no more wine. And his response was, woman, why do you involve me? My my time has not yet come. His mother just said to the servants, do whatever he tells you. Nearby stood six stone water jars, the kind used by the Jews for ceremonial washing, each holding from twenty to thirty gallons. Jesus said to the servants, Fill the jars with water, so they filled them to the rim. He then told them, Draw some out and take it to the master of the banquet. They did so, and the master of the banquet tasted the water that had been turned to wine. He did not realize where it had come from, though the servants who had drawn the water knew. Then he called the bridegroom aside and he said, everyone brings out the choice wine first, then the cheaper wine after the guests have had too much to drink. But You saved the best for last. This is the word of the Lord. Much of what I had to do before preparing for this message today was to ask myself what does holy humor mean? And I think it means that the creator of all that is has a sense of humor. It's the kind of sense of humor that sneaks up on us and catches us by surprise. One day, an old couple living a comfortable life together, and the next day, over 80 years of age, Sarah finds herself pregnant. God has brought me laughter, and everyone who hears about this will laugh with me. What did she really think at me? And she added, "Who would have said Abraham and Sarah would nurse—that's uh, to Abraham—that Sarah would nurse children? Yet I have borne him a son in his and my old age." Don't miss the ironic nature of what God. Has done. He withheld his blessing of children to them until Sarah was a ripe old age. And he had them shaking their heads, a little in joy, a little in disbelief of what God makes possible. Now, what I can tell you about this sermon today is it's okay to laugh, it's okay to groan. And it's okay to stay seated while I run out the back of the church. <laughs> but then we go to Genesis, and we see that God made all the birds that in the sky, all the fish in the sea, and all the animals that walked upon the land. But look at these animals. What happened to the giraffe? Did God drop it and catch it by its head? <laughs> Was the elephant just a hippopotamus that God led around by the nose? (laughs) But what shows God's sense of humor even more is the duck-billed platypus. Bill of a duck, body of an otter, tail of a beaver, laying eggs like a bird, and the male has a poisonous bite. Like a snake. There's only one explanation for the duck-billed platypus. When everything was dead and g- was was done and said, said and done, God had a box of parts left over. <laughs> and you know, I can see him put this thing together and say to himself, "Will I see this one?" <laughs> I have a Catholic friend of mine who has a sense of humor, he builds bird houses. Every now and then he makes one with looks like a church and he puts a little tiny cross on it. He makes bird houses for the Martins, for the sparrows, for the robins. Every now and then he even makes a bat house. But the one with the crosses are made for a specific bird, cardinals. Now let's go back to scripture and look at Jesus' relationship with his mom. I should have worn my red outfit today. Um, She was a 14-year-old kid when she had him. And she was entrusted with God's son. How many 14-year-old kids would you entrust with your baby? On the third day at the wedding of Cana in Galilee, Jesus' mother was there. She's probably in her 40s by this time. And Jesus and his disciples had also been invited to that wedding. When the wine was gone, she came to him and said, they have no more wine. And his response was, woman, why do you involve me? My hour has not yet come. But without further discussion, Mary sidesteps her son and tells the servants, do whatever he tells you. And Jesus did what his mother wanted. Fill the jars with water to the brim. Now draw out some and take it to the master of the banquet. So they did. And you know the story. The master of the banquet finds it to be the most fine wine served. And he doesn't know where it came from. But off in the corner, these people who wait on everyone, these servants, probably slaves, are snickering because they know. But their boss doesn't. Just imagine God sitting up there in heaven, you know, the guy with the white robes, the long hair, and beard, looking down and watching this little drama play out, laughing at his son for jumping his, when his mother snaps her fingers, laughing at the master of the banquet, no clue what is going on while the servants knew This is sort of a Shakespearean farce. It's right there in the Bible. And if we read it the right way, it's for our amusement as well as what was performed for God's amusement. Jesus used parables to teach lessons. And they all had a little twist at the end to make us think. I'm going to share a new parable with you. The main character in this parable is a man by the name of George. You see, every, jo- every day George went for a long walk. And on part of this pathway, there was a cliff, several hundred feet high. And one day, while walking, George wasn't paying attention and he tripped on a stone. And he fell over the edge of a cliff. As he was falling, he reached out and grabbed hold of a root, and he clung there for quite some time. And During that time, he was calling out for someone to save him, hanging on, yelling, help, help, is there anybody up there? After about 30 minutes or so, he hears a voice that says, George, is that you? And the voice calls down saying, and George says, yes, who's up there? And the voice calls back and saying, it's God, George. You seem to have gotten yourself into quite a mess. And George answers, yes, can you get me down? And God said, sure, listen carefully. Just let go of the root. George did nothing. He looked over his shoulders at the rocks below which were at least 150 feet down and he hung on tighter. God said, George let go. And George grabbed the roots even more tight. God said, George I said let go. And after a few seconds George yelled again, help, help, is there anyone else up there? <laughs> George couldn't put his trust in God. And I asked, how well do we trust in God? The other night I had a dream. And I dreamed that I had died. And the pathway to heaven required me to climb a tall ladder that went into the clouds. Before I started the climb, I was given a piece of chalk, and I was told on each rung I needed to write one of my sins. And as I got a little more than halfway up, I felt someone step on my left hand, and I looked up, and to my surprise, it was Kelly. Yeah. <laughs> and I said, Kelly, what are you doing? she said I'm climbing down to get more chalk <laughs> I stared after her. she kept going down the ladder and I thought ahead and I said bring me back a box too <laughs> as you know Jesus Disciples were fishing him, and, and he told many stories about them. Are there any people here that fish? Okay, I used to. Listen closely. Three buddies went out fishing one afternoon. Almost the Gilgan Island story, and the seas got rough. They got stranded on a, on a uh, deserted island. these poor guys two of the three were just totally upset just you know like what are we gonna do totally losing it well the third guy he stood calmly underneath the palm tree in the shade and he was just relaxing away and the two friends came over and said how can you be so calm and he said to them you know I'm pretty well off I've made done real well in my life, and I've made a lot of money. His buddy said, yeah, we know that, but what's that got to do with this? So the guy who's under the palm tree said to him, well, there's something you don't know. You see, I tithe at my church, and right now, my pastor's looking high and low. For me. <laughs> <laughs> so there's nothing to worry about. This story you may have heard, but if you have, please bear with me. I have a friend who always insists I tell this story. See, there was a young pastor, and he was new to it. This was his first church. And being filled with enthusiasm, he has decided in the first month to make a home visit to every member of the congregation. So he went out and he was making good progress in the evening but Saturday came and he was determined to finish off all his visits. So he left bright and early. he didn't take time for breakfast and I went offered him lunch and as he made the visit to from house to house it came to be about 2:37 in the afternoon. And there's one thing about jokes that I like it's precision <laughs> 237 and he was famished. His next stop was at the home of an elderly pillar of the church. He was invited in and offered a cup of tea. Thinking that that might be good, he settled in the living room chair that was offered. And while in the chair, the patron went to the kitchen to make tea. While sitting there, he noticed that there was a large bowl of peanuts on the table next to him. Well, he thought, a handful of these won't hurt. And before he realized it, he'd eaten the entire bowl, well now, he was embarrassed. And when his host returned to the living room with the tea, he made a confession and an apology. He said, I'm sorry, I I ate your entire bowl of peanuts. I will buy you more peanuts. Of course, that's the least I can do, and I hope you will accept my apology. The host replied, Oh, don't bother with that. I only like licking the chocolate off the peanuts. (laughs) That'll spoil your lunch, huh? Sunday school class was learning about the Bible, and the teacher was putting it in terms of computer language. He said to the class that prayer was like, or he saw the class as an email group, and he talked to them about how they communicate with one another. And he asked them, did you know that Moses was the first person in history to download from a message from the cloud to his tablet. <laughs> now at the end of the class, one of the older kids asked him, what does amen mean? And before the teacher could even respond, the littlest kid in the class leaned forward and looked down there at the other kid and he said, amen. Oh, he said sent, I'm sorry. Blew the punchline. <laughs> You know, you and I were created in the image of God, and you and I have a sense of humor. Well, most of us, anyhow. And so does God. Look around you and laugh at the humor that God places in this crazy world. Amen.